Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Welcome, everybody, and uh, thank you for joining us this evening for this special edition of the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I'm Timothy Harvey. And we are talking about the finale Jody Whitaker's last episode as the doctor that aired last weekend on the 23rd. So we're uh, we're a week out. We're just a little bit past a week out, so I think we we're okay spoiler-wise. We can get into some of this stuff. So uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be one of those one of those discussions. Now, MS is asking if we're going to get into the new origin story for Doctor Who and the Disney Plus deal. Uh, we we are going to talk a little bit about that, but with a caveat because this is the only Jodie episode that I've seen all the way through. I've seen pieces of her first episode, but I have not seen any of the rest of her run. So. Uh, we and I can I can talk about the the origin and a little bit about the uh, in fact okay let's just get that out of the way all right so um, <laughs> when Chibnall was picked to be the showrunner one of the things that he did was he pitched this idea that he would and this is something this is his spin on the Cartmel master plan and if you want to go back to an earlier episode of Tardis Sauce we actually got to interview um, the man in question. So the, the idea of, uh, the idea there was to add more mystery to the character of the doctor. Okay? Fine. Right. So what Chris Chibnall uh, did in terms of his story, his version of adding more mystery to the doctor was basically saying the doctor was not actually a native Gallifreyan. They were from a, a completely different universe. They were found by a Gallifreyan and would they learned the the techniques of regeneration from this child who was who would eventually become the doctor along the way there were a whole series of regenerations of the doctor that the doctor has no memory of the first memory the doctor has is of the first the life of the first doctor on up but there's a whole string of lives before that and this calls back to the brain of Morbius, which was the classic Fourth Doctor episode, where you see all these different people that are implied to be earlier versions of the Doctor, and it was something that the production team did because they thought it was fun. Doctor Who, especially in the original series, there was not that much sense of continuity, right? Which is both a strength and a weakness, and it's one of the strengths and weaknesses that Chibnall brought along with him. Chris Chibnall is obviously a gigantic fan of the original run of Doctor Who. There's good things and bad things about that. Anyway, the one good thing about this whole thing was the introduction of a missing doctor, uh, and that is uh, played by Joe Martin, and known for known through fandom as the fugitive doctor, because this was the doctor who broke away from essentially an earlier version of the Celestial Intervention Agency, which again, just calls back to the original series. Um, and however you feel about, about the origin, the modified origin, um, people really seem to enjoy 
uh, Joe Martin. And Joe Martin's fun. We get to, you get to see her in this episode. Yeah. Um, or a version of her. And, and she's was a lot of fun as the doctor. Um, certainly something that um, was, you know, we've, we've had missing doctors pop up before, of course. So it's not a, a completely out of the blue thing. But so there's that. Now, my opinion, I don't have an issue with trying to add more mystery back to the doctor. Doesn't bother, doesn't bother me. Agreed. My, my issue is that if you're going to set this up, you pay off on it. And that is exactly what Chris Chibnall did not do. So we have the, we have the doctor finally gets her hands on this memory crystal, which has all of her missing memories. She has it in her hands and she stores it deep inside the TARDIS and walks away from it. Now, the idea here is that she doesn't need to know. She has her life. Right. Right. And I get that. However, <laughs> it's such a giant build and such <laughs> a potentially, you know, series changing idea that if you're going to go that bold, if you're going to go that bold, pay off on it. And it, and it doesn't. And this is ultimately the big, one of the biggest weaknesses of the Chibnall run is that since the new show came back, so since the show came back, one thing that we've seen starting really from the beginning um, with Eccleston dealing with the fallout of the time war is constant, the idea of the doctor and consequences. Yeah. Whether it's the actions coming back to haunt him, the actions of other people coming back to haunt him, his nature coming back to haunt him. That's That ran all the way up through Capaldi's run. And like every showrunner, Chibnall started with, essentially, you know, was essentially starting with a blank slate. That's what all the showrunners do. They give themselves sort of, you know, a launch off point, right? Where you can, right. like, a new person comes in, right? And I don't necessarily have an issue with sitting there and trying to push aside. We've had a long run of the Doctor and Consequences. But very much like the original series where there wasn't that much continuity running from storyline to storyline. I mean, there was a little bit of here and there, but mostly it was just ignored. Yeah. Um, that's not what audiences want from Doctor Who. And I think I, I, that's just been, that's my observation. You can do, you can agree or disagree, but the, Chibnall sets up these stories where things happen. And if you think about what happens after the episode ends, yeah, See, there's a lot of loose ends that, that get and there's, tied up. The whole Flux uh, run, a significant chunk of the universe was wiped out and it's never mentioned again. And I'm like, but wait. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... And there's a lot of that in this episode, too. Because there, there's there a lot less like, than I was afraid there was going to be. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely some. There's definitely some here. I okay. So and 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 let's be fair. Uh, let's be honest here. I really actually quite liked Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. When this cast was given good scripts to work with, Demons of the Punjab is is probably my favorite 
and uh, Demons of the Punjab and uh, the what Lone Cyberman, um, probably my two favorite episodes of the run. When they're given good stuff to work with, this show is a lot of fun. But again, I think we come back to the fact that the the whole premise of how Chris Chibnall wants to tell stories in the Doctor Who space, I think is is risky <laughs> because that's it's not what it's not the kind of storytelling that the show has really built as its model for as long as it has. And I'm not saying you can't change that stuff. You certainly can. Nonetheless, I, I, I am not, I like the characters. I don't like the writing all the time. <laughs> Well, and and you're not alone because you look at the ratings on on Jody's run, and from the time you know from her first episode, which had ten plus million viewers, because hey, let's mm. see let's see what happens. Sure. To now, you know, in your in your live numbers, Power of the Doctor three point seven million. I mean, this thing just continued to plummet and decline and decline and decline, even worse than Capaldi's run. I mean, because there was a bump, because new doctor, let's see what it is. And it just it's just continued to hemorrhage viewers every, every episode. You just look at the numbers, just continue to shrink. And the Live Plus, right. Live Plus 4 is uh, 5.3. So it picked up a little bit in, in day after and beyond. Sure. But I don't want to say nobody's watching the show, but enough people are not watching the show that I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think BBC is probably really worried that their cash cow, their their big franchise, isn't, isn't getting, an, they, getting an audience. I don't think they are as much as they could be because, of course, bringing back... When you got Russell Davies coming back, when you've got um, David Tennant coming back, you got, you know, and I think and I those think that, are clear you know, indications that they are worried. Was like, we've got to save the show. How do we save oh, the show? We'll bring back Russell. I, I, think, I think they were worried. I don't think they were as worried now, especially considering the fact this is now um, a lot, some of the production costs are being carried by Davies' company, which, yeah. if you're not familiar with the BBC's funding model, it is funded by taxes. Right. And I, you may have noticed that the uh, British economy is a train wreck right now. Well, um, everybody's economy is a train wreck. Well, no, Britain, Britain has, uh, uh, has surpassed uh, a significant chunk of the English-speaking world for having a disastrous uh, economy right now. Yeah. Um, they had the, the short, what the the second shortest prime minister run in Liz Trust. The shortest one was because they died. Yeah. Um, well, and and Europe basically tanked their economy in two weeks. European European Union. I think they're sitting at what ten point seven percent inflation in Europe. So it's it's. Oh sure. Yeah. No, know, it's all it's over. But I mean, thing, like I said, the UK the UK has has managed to no they've they've got a new prime minister and and there's some uh, some positive signs for the economy now, but the BBC is always actually struggling for money. Yeah. They've been struggling for money for a while, and so having having the new having someone come in and help pick up the tab a little bit, and of course the licensing deal with Disney isn't going to hurt. 
because that take that means that they get a bigger audience than BBC America. Yeah, but it's I think that's going to be a double-edged sword. I think at, uh, on the one hand, sure you get uh you get the um you know, the benefit of the of the distribution model where it's going to be out there and a lot of people are going to be able to see it now that didn't otherwise. But I've also seen a report that Disney Plus, the Walt Disney Company, is going to have some creative input. And that has a few people kind of looking askance slightly and saying, I "Eh, think that's if mm, I would I would. If that's true, if that's true, I'm going to throw in a a serious grain of of, of salt with that, because a um, Russell Davies is not a pushover and also somebody who loves the show um and like i said that's all that's occasionally a double-edged sword i mean you look at you look at you know there's parts there's some of his stories in in the first run i'm mm-hmm. like oh these are terrible yeah same thing with with uh you know um uh, everybody involved right so yeah. and the, there's, there's always episodes you don't like there's always series you don't like whatever um so I mean we'll, we'll we'll see how it plays out, but from a from a purely economic model, this is a big benefit in terms of production cost because one of the things that I I really did like about the Chibnall run is that they upped the special effects. The show looks good. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I mean yeah. You know, <laughs> but the thing is, is that you know they're going to want to maintain that. And they're going to maintain the quality of the effects work, um, and that costs money. Yeah, I mean, we we know it costs money. Um, so it's you know there, there's be concerned because you should always be concerned about the futures of the shows that you like. But I think that it's probably a good sign. Certainly, it's a good sign that that some of the production costs are being carried by, you know, Davies. And the thing is, is that you know Davies wall away from doctor who had a pretty good run on other shows i mean he's <laughs> well, been he's been very successful for a while now check check me on this doesn't doesn't bad wolf now have as a co-owner sony i'm not certain i don't know i, I mrs boss is in the chat maybe we can get her to take a look at this i want to say that i thought i saw didn't i i was thinking we'd reported on this about a year ago, mm. Sony buying Bad Wolf or buying a piece of Bad Wolf, which that would be interesting as well. As we say in our stream quality is very good tonight. Well, you just got here. It hasn't been. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see here. They <clears throat> did acquire a majority of bad wolf in okay. 2021 all right so it's going to be disney and sony producing doctor who well and yeah and and so there's also been talk about this this uh uh you know bad wolf created a subsidiary that's just called Hooniverse Hooniverse one limited yeah yeah then and, and there's been talk about you know creating its own doctor who spinoff uh universe, universe here which yeah. Which, quite frankly, you know, they've tried before uh, with varying degrees of success. I didn't hate um, class. I thought that was the premise of class was kind of fun. Um, 
and I think it, it was one of those shows that it actually got better as it went along. The problem is, is that TV executives don't care about getting better as you go along. They look at like the first three episodes and make up their mind. Yeah. Um, and if you, if episode six is really good, they don't care. Um, <laughs> well, it's like uh, like Agents of Field. By that time, if everybody's bailed, you're not getting them right. back. And of course, the British model is for shorter series anyway, so yeah. it's 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 a lot easier to to make that decision. So I mean. Now, class is coming back in the audio, and it it, it has already come back as uh, Big Finish uh, has some audio adventures. There's some new ones coming out as well. If you're a fan of class, um, see, you know, I would I would argue in the chat. See, but the lack of funding the old era forced the writing to be that much better to compensate. Yeah, sometimes. Well, I mean, it's it's the it's the Star Wars model, right? It's you know George Lucas had this idea to do all of this stuff. And you have limited resources, and you have limited budget, and you have Gary Kurt sitting there saying, "We don't, we can't do that. You got to figure out a way to, to make it happen without doing this." And there is something to, to to be said, you know, necessity, the mother of invention type of thing, where it's like, "Well, we don't have the money to do this. How do we figure out how to do it?" Right. And well, I think I think part of not necessarily the charm, but part of the the classic who model was that lack of funding, that lack of resources. You, I mean, I don't want to say it's Andy Hardy in a barn, but you know, it's oh. the it's the you still had the heart of the show carry through despite the lack of of quality for the for the production design. I mean, you can only do so much. And especially back then, you know, there were there were plenty of things that you would not have been able to do that you can do now with technology and you know and evolving you know. Yeah. But I think there's there's certainly runs of, of the original series that were not as strong as other ones. I think that you can look at and again, no fault of his own and he did offend he's he's had a really solid resurgence in the audiobooks, but the Colin Baker years were not great for story. And the first um the first season of um um mccoy mccoy thank you god just went out of my brain for a second his first season is not good either no but i mean there's still there's entertaining things in there but you know it's so the show the show has a history of of not having great runs and the thing is that it always comes back and i think that that's you know for if you if you didn't like jody's run then you've got a whole new set of things. You've got three specials with Tenant next year and a whole new Doctor coming after that. And so I think that there's, you know, it, it, I'm not con as concerned as I could be. I'm I'm not as concerned as I expected to be. Um, but there's, you know, there is that caveat of, okay, oh, sure. let's, let's see no, what happens. There's but, no guarantee for any of this stuff. I mean, so let's... Look, let, Let's get into the finale. So many great shows that have been canceled. I just, I just, it's it's Halloween, folks. Happy Halloween, if you're watching this later. Um, mm -hmm. And I just posted a clip from uh, Twin Peaks mm -hmm. uh, with with the um, Bob, um, and you know, here's this amazing show that studios had no studio had no idea what to do with. The network had no idea what to do with this show. And um, you know, yeah, we got an we got an eventual next part of the story, but Didn't there's tons of shows that are yeah. you know. 
Okay, but, so let's let's get into the finale because there is a lot going on in this. It is a mess. There are some pieces and parts of this thing that to me are completely unnecessary. So you've got uh, where now this is this is where we get into spoiler territory here. So everybody from here mm-hmm. on out, you know, it's it you're on your own if you haven't seen it yet. Your 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 fair warning is right here. Right. So, um, I guess I should have had a, I, I should have gotten my River Song spoilers clip to play <laughs> right here. So, okay, so the Doctor, let, let's start with the beginning. We have a train, a, a space train, which is very reminiscent of her first episode, because you've got her falling into a train. This one, they're there because the train is under attack by Cybermasters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And, and if you're not familiar with Cybermasters, this is something that in the in the whole midst of of the uh, um, reveals about the Doctor's origins, um, the Master had once again because Gallifrey has to die at least once a season, uh, once a series, uh, killed everyone on Gallifrey and taken the Gallifreyan regenerative ability and given it to the Cybermen because why not be evil? Why not? And so you have this group of Cybermen, not all the Cybermen, but a group of Cybermen who basically, you can shoot them all you want, they're just going to get back up. Um, And they're pretty pretty cocky about that. So they're attacking the train. They're they're there to steal the cargo, and the doctor of course is like, what's going on? Why why are you doing this? And inside the cargo box is a little girl. What appears to be a little girl. And they take her. And Dan gets shot in the face and busts the helmet open, and he realizes, hey, this is I could get killed in this stuff. And he decides he's done. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, you know, for for the fact that I have not seen any of Dan's run up until this point, mm-hmm. this feels like a very abrupt let's write Dan out. Because it, it it you know it, what I'm what I'm seeing as I'm going through this episode is Chibnall chopping away everything. We're going to get rid of all the companions. We're going to get rid of all the, everything. We're going to all, we're going to do away. Everything's going to be gone. So by the time we get to the regeneration, we're clean slate, fresh break, nothing. And there were some speculations. People were saying that, that, you know, the way they filmed the end and I mean, I've, I've seen some different people reporting on this. They shot the end with the regeneration and everything, not knowing if they were going to get a season pickup, if if the show was going to continue. So the original the original idea, as I've seen people talk about it, was she'd come out and she'd start the regeneration, and they pull the camera back when she's standing on the cliff, and then to fade to black, and that's it. The show's done because they weren't sure that it was coming back. Because I would put some doubt on that just because of the timing of when things actually happen. Probably. Um, I'm I'm saying that's 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 something that's out there. For for Davies to take over um, was occurred prior to the filming of a good chunk of this story. Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at a time. I I think we're looking at an issue of linear time not working that way but so one of the things that we saw 
so to some yes it's abrupt for dan's exit it was set up to some degree during his whole run right mm-hmm. in some respects he's a little less he's a little more reluctant of a companion than other ones right he's excited about it but there's been fallout in his personal life because of this and so consequently this is a logical thing for Dan, the character, to do, but it's very abrupt. Yeah, I mean, it's like so it's, first what first ten minutes of the sh- of the show. Yeah, it, it, it's very quick. And on the other hand, it's also logical. You oh. almost get shot in the face. Maybe it's time to go home. And and can I say <laughs> this one one thing? Because this is the first time that I've seen the inside of Jody's TARDIS in full. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, this looks like <sighs> my first thought is honeycomb, you know, the honeycomb cereal. And sure. it, it looks like a very cheap plastic McDonald's Happy Meal kit. Hmm. It looks terrible. With all of the plastic columns and whatnot, I was like, "What did they make this stuff out of?" It, I, I I I don't like that TARDIS at all, it, and it's not the color scheme. It's what yeah. it, 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 and I and I have to say, this goes back to: Did you not have a budget to build a new TARDIS? Because this looks like it's cobbled together from a bunch of just let's let's get some plaster and paper mache and and do something it, i didn't i didn't like it at all i i don't get that at all but i will tell you that i think it's a much more interesting idea like a more organic feel um but the execution i quite frankly i have i have ultimately decided that i think the tardis is way too dark um i just has been since the show came back well i mean <clears throat> Yeah. I you, during Matt Smith's run with that sort of multi-level, multi-color thing, there was a lot. It was a lot brighter. But so yeah, I just, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next version is. You know, we we go back to to because again, I grew up on the classic show. Yeah, I like Capaldi's that 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 Matt Smith to Capaldi run where it really was, you know, it called back to the original console. So. I, I quite liked that, but anyway, um, the the <coughs> it's too dark. <laughs> yeah. So, but okay. I think it's an, I think it's an interesting idea because it just with the execution never has I I get the crystal thing is kind of neat in 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 idea more than I think in what actually happened. I don't hate it, but it's one. It is definitely probably my least favorite design you got to have the round things well they do have the round things but the problem is that you have to look at the 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 angle it's in the right angle to even see the round things so the that's part of the problem um but i just i I don't know i just i i'm I'm looking at that it just that just doesn't look like i don't like it i don't like her desktop yeah, well, the, the good news is, is that that's, the theme changes. So. <clears throat> I know, I know, I know. 
So anyway, okay. So we've got uh, we've got Dan gone. We've got um, a Dalek hologram communication thing says, "Hey, I I got I got I got the secret to destroy all the Daleks." And you have the the master shows up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this thing's just all over the place. You've got the master, you've got the Cybermen, you've got the Daleks, and so. Cast your mind back, the five doctors. Um, this is not, again, this is not the first time we've crammed an episode full of things. Um, again, I think we're, we're, we're trying, we're trying to, to some degree, this is what we get with fi final episodes, right? Uh -huh. um, this has happened before, it'll happen again. They right. stuff this stuff up. They want to make it big. And you and I have talked about this before, this idea that, you know, everything, you know, it's got to be bigger than the thing before. It's got to be bigger than the thing before, Right. Um, mm -hmm. and there's pros and cons to this. So cramming all this stuff in there. And again, Chibnall playing with, playing with his favorite toys, right? He's playing with the Cybermen. He's playing with the map. Now I, uh, really liked, I like Sasha Dewan's, um, uh, version of the master. Uh, he's very entertaining. I find him very entertaining and he's got some of the, he's got, well, he's got a ton of the, the comic lines in this episode, creepy comic. Uh, and he's clearly having a great time. Yeah, he's you know this is this is very much a you know, um, I get to play the bad guy and I get to just you know twirl my mustache and 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 he's you know he's really having a good time with it. Um, but you have his plan, and here is where here's one of the weaknesses I have for this episode is that his plan doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, it um, now, now, in fairness to you know Chibnall on this one, not the first time the master's plan has not made a whole lot of sense. But yeah, but this is there's a certain amount of scrutiny here that happens. So I mean, this is how that works, right? So um, on the other hand, you get to see him, uh, you know, be Rasputin. Um, you get to have, uh, you know, the altered paintings. All the, See, some of these and, things are kind of fun. And this is what I don't get mm. is they, there was never any explanation. So, so the, the, the plan is you've got the you've got the Daleks and the and the and the Cybermen working together for the master in order to. I think oh, so. You've got this this Death Star like planet that the Cybermen are doing. That's a, a conversion Cyber planet. Conversion planet okay, right. mm -hmm. and I'm guessing because it's not explained very well in in the episode at all that something they're going to do with the with the the tectonic plates and the and the the magma in the in the Earth is going to power this thing. Is that is that how I'm reading that? So, that... so what? No, um, but the thing is, is <laughs> that like... it might as well be. Um, so you got the cyber conversion planet, and the Daleks are going to be use the tectonic use their their drill and tectonic weapon thing to basically wipe out humanity and then make. So the idea is that they would turn Earth into their Dalek foundry, and then you got the Cybermen with their cyber planet but you get to that point later in the episode where they're both attacking each other because that's what the daleks are going to do but, <laughs> that's what they're going to do they're going to attack each other so it's like the the they're allied with the master in order to kill the doctor that's the whole re that's the whole plan right there that's yeah, why they're all allies but 
the Daleks don't bring anything to this story. Because well, it, they, you could streamline this and sit there and say, okay, well, the, you know, like, like I'm talking about with my theories, it, you're drilling into the core of the planet in order to create some sort of a, a electromagnetic or whatever to power the conversion planet. That's all you need. You don't even need the Daleks in this episode at all. I, I don't disagree. But so here's the thing. And this is, this also is not new to Chibnall's run. There are not that many actually good Do Dalek stories. There just aren't. <laughs> I mean, guys, there were, we, we, they're a fan favorite and they've been around and they're well, iconic. And part of the problem, part of the problem is the deal, the license that requires them to be used a certain number of times every, every, every time there's a, a show. So you're kind of locked only, into you know, having to do a, them sometimes. There are, and especially, especially coming back uh, with the, with the new series, no. is there have not been that many great Dalek stories. There's a few, but this is an example. Yes, the Daleks aren't necessary. Um, the the only, but there's some interesting stuff there. You find out that the the Dalek traitor actually is a traitor. He's really a, that that Dalek and that is doesn't actually doesn't go anywhere. Well, no, it well it did it it went to the point where it's like I have the you know if. If the Dalek, if the Dalek had not been caught, right, right, then the Doctor would have had an advantage. But the Doctor didn't have an advantage because the Dalek was caught and was therefore stuck in, you know. Right, but but the, you talk about setups and payoffs, right? You have this, mm -hmm. you have this Dalek that contacts her. I have the secret to destroying all of the Daleks and whatever, right? So she goes and she meets him. And you've got that little device, the little, the the download device that's on top of the dome, right? And she puts it mm -hmm. on there, da 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 And then they get caught because, for whatever reason, Handwavium, they're meeting at the place where all of the rest of the Daleks are. I mean... Dumb. Well, and of course, this is also suffering from the Star Wars lava problem, which is, guys, <laughs> lava is hot. Yes, very. This this is not a this is not a Doctor Who problem. This is a science fiction and lava problem. Yeah, I don't know why people seem to think that it. And it, I don't care. It's it's. It's not even just Star Wars and, and Doctor Who. It's a bunch of other places. Yeah. Guys, if you're standing that close to lava, you're dead. Yeah. You're dead. And not necessarily because of the heat, because you, your lungs would would oh, get Oh, yeah, the, the 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 air is not safe to <clears throat> yeah. breathe, kids. So, so yeah. So I mean, Doctor meets whatever. Trader Trader thing right there, right there. And of course, the other Daleks come in and say, "Oh, it was I who allowed the rebels to know the base, the location of the." Oh, oh wait, sure, no, right. we know oh, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing, right? So they kill the traitor doctor, which completely does away with the entire thread of the traitor doctor and the download and everything. And you don't get a payoff because, and all we would need is a two-second bit. Where they shoot trader, they shoot the trader Dalek, and the little download device drops to the floor, smoking ruin, and the doctor's like, "Ah, do you have any idea what you did?" You know, just some kind of a reaction, just one little bit, but we don't get any of that. 
Well, but the thing is, is at that point, they put the doctor inside the Dalek casing and zip off to have the master's part right. of the plan. And, um, and there's and, and I'm still trying to figure out why we were in two different time periods with okay, 2022 so with the volcanoes and, and St. Petersburg in 1916. There, it, it, There's right. no reason so to go back the, there. That's the biggest problem with this particular story as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Is that if you're going to set up two different time periods, yes, it's timey-wimey and hand-wavy and it's Doctor Who, but... There's no actual good, and maybe it's on the cutting room floor. Maybe it's maybe maybe it was a line of dialogue that got snipped, but there's no clear reason why it had to be that way. It's a cool idea, well, but I mean, yeah, the master is Rasputin is is intriguing, especially given that Tom Baker played that character in a movie. Right? I mean, that was a right. Uh, you know, of course, they didn't do anything with that. No, but I think that there's, and I think I mean. Now let me I, okay. let me ask Robert this real quick because he says he was within fifty feet of lava in Hawaii. So let me ask you, Robert. I'm going to speculate that you probably weren't deep within the bowels of a volcano next to that lava. Might have might 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 you have been closed spaces versus open air? Are probably yeah. going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So uh, yeah. But so this this notion I, I, of of Rasputin. And the only thing that I can see as a justification story-wise, story is that I'm playing Rasputin, and that gives me a chance to uh, have myself inserted in all of these paintings, which doesn't make a lick of sense either. Well, okay, so that's just the, that's just the master taunting people. The, the logical reason, if you want to sit there and start trying to figure out why this would be, is to have access to the Winter Palace and have control of it on their own as a base of operations. Okay, that's fine, except there's no reason given why it has to be the Winter Palace, except for maybe the... This is an example yeah. of, a, of one line would have fixed it, which is the master going, I just wanted to hang out in the palace. <laughs> yeah, which, but... which, given Sasha Dewan's um, <clears throat> version of the master, is a completely appropriate line for him to say. Again, it might even be there. It's just on the cutting room floor. I have no idea. I, it just, it just, I'm, I'm standing there going, okay. It's disappointing. What's the significance of St. Petersburg? That, that's, I'm, I'm, at, I got this question rolling in my head the entire time. We, every time we go back to St. Petersburg, <clears throat> my question, okay, why are we in St. Petersburg? Of all places, we're jumping around between 2022 in London, or all over the world, really, with the volcanoes. And I'm thinking, is there something happening in St. Petersburg, 1916, that it's connected to the volcanoes in 2022? Because there's not anything here. You're not giving me anything. There's no reason to be in no, Russia. There's, it, again, again, it's a you know the, the idea. It, it's a cool idea that you have to explain and you don't actually get an explanation. Yeah. Now it does give us a chance to, for uh, Sasha to do um, uh, a dance. Which apparently oh. they got two takes on. Now I now the, this is this is very much calling back to the John Sims version of the Master, yeah. who also had a dance number. So if you like that sort of thing, you'll like this sort of thing. If you don't, you're not going to like it. But I do appreciate the fact that they basically had two takes because they didn't have time, and <laughs> they managed to pull off what they got in two takes. 
not bad. And again, we he, come back to Sasha Dwan clearly having a really good time. And well, yeah, he is, but it killed the pace of the uh, of the. Oh, of it's the completely episode. unnecessary it's, thing. It's a, it's a completely unnecessary thing. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a roadblock, and, and I'm thinking, well, why are we doing this? Inter and it went on too long. They thought and, it would be fun, right? Yeah. And and some, you know, again, if it's your thing, you're going to like it. If you not, you're done. But the part that comes next is an interesting callback to the original series, which is forced, forced regeneration, which was something that occurred from the second Doctor to the third Doctor. Mm -hmm. So this was this is a, as the Master says, it's to Gallifrey and the ultimate punishment, right? Being right. basically being murdered and turned into somebody else. Yeah. And he has found a way to make the doctor regenerate into him. Which, which doesn't make a lick of sense. Well, but here's the thing. So we got, if, if you've, you know, again, this it, it is helped and I'll air quote here helped by what their interactions have been prior to this episode and especially with especially with the the whole revelation about you know the doctor's origins it triggered and the reason the master killed everyone on gallifrey was that here's this you know here's the doctor being held up as this like hero yeah and you're not even one of us you know you're you're you know and and why why are you why you're not better than us because you're not us and the master's arrogance and jealousy of the doctor which has been throughout most incarnations right um just explodes right and that's really what it is it's like i'm going to i'm going to become you to destroy your legacy and because the doctor doesn't have a regeneration limit i get to live forever that's what this is now this helps if you've seen those other those those previous episodes. The the problem I have with this is that if you if you have the doctor regenerate, the doctor is going to regenerate into the doctor because well, it's now overriding, you're you're it's you're putting overriding his personality right, which again that's not how that's not how regeneration works. Well, and the there's thing nothing is, is there's that... nothing in the technology here that sits there and says, "Okay, <clears throat> we're going to force your regeneration and I'm going to transfer my consciousness to you." There's nothing there's nothing in the dialogue, there's nothing in the scene. It's I'm going to force your oh, regeneration. Yeah, he's basically saying he tells him exactly what he's going to do. I'm going to basically become you. The mechanism is what you're missing. You got you got the booths and and the cables, yeah. but the explanation of the mechanism that's not there. Okay, yes, the dot master and the doctor were childhood friends. And that's even referenced later yeah. where the doctor says we were friends once. Um, but the thing is, is that the master is, well, evil. Crazy. And and also there's a there we've seen it before, going back to the to the master originally, um, is there is a certain amount of, you know, there's a, a fair amount of jealousy. Now if the if the the original plan for the master was to basically have the master sacrifice himself to save the doctor. That was, uh, and it was only derailed because, of course, we lost the actor. Yeah. Um, so, so let that, me let me ask you this because there has been some speculation about where 
in the master's timeline this incarnation shows up and uh-huh. if it were me and it's not and we didn't get it <clears throat> and we probably won't but if it were me because at the end of the episode I'm going to skip around here at the end of the episode he's clearly not in the best of shape right I would have given him a regeneration right there into Missy. Because we don't know, we don't know where, in the because t- that, that when Sasha Dewan first showed up as the master, everybody was like, wait, what? How can right. he be right. the master? Mm-hmm. And if you have him regenerate into Missy's character, one, you got a nice little callback, a, a little aha moment, and everybody goes, oh, you know, uh, uh, you know sure. that you know, pointing at the TV thing, and it, ni- it now neatly fits into the master's timeline where his incarnation shows up. Well, it also gives you the that lovely bookend where Missy takes the side of the Doctor. Yeah, at the end, right? So yeah, that would be great. So there's a good there's yeah where where. Dewan's master falls in is a very good question. Now, there's a thing where it's like, how did you survive Gallifrey? Because technically, the last time we saw him, he was basically going to die. Yeah, and he goes, "Good planning." And it's like, okay. And and the thing is, is that for the the master can get away with saying that line because the master dies so many times that it's like. <laughs> And then comes back. So I mean, it's it's that's clearly a joke. Yeah, and and it works in the context. But um, so the master's plan works. The doctor regenerates into the master. The master is like, ha ha, and it's like, let's go on a tour of the universe and be evil. But wait, um, and I part of me. really kind of enjoyed the fact that he goes and dresses up in pieces of the other doctor's costumes as a taunt as a mockery because that's what he's doing and but it was kind of if nothing else it was fun to see those again yeah you know i mean that was just it was fun to see except they didn't get the scarf right huh they didn't get the scarf right it's too short well no can't have everything. Um, if we know the doctor's origin, is is he Doctor Who now? Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing about... We're gonna, we'll we'll say, drop this and then move on. Okay. I almost guarantee you, almost guarantee you... 99% certain. That this is going to be completely ignored. With the exception of finding a way to bring Joe Martin back in, I could see, I could see uh, Davies doing that, but I don't. That's think... going to be a challenge, though, because not necessarily. If, I, I, I... if you ignore the timeless child, if you ignore that whole thing, then you have to ignore fugitive doctor, unless unless you create a new inflection point a new a new place for a fugitive doctor to exist past 
15. Well, or or we could go back to some of the speculation that people had when this was even discussed is that is this an alternate timeline? Because the question was, where does the fugitive doctor really come from? Right. Is it an alternate reality doctor? And I think that because based on the teases that Davies has been given, giving about the specials next year and what's going on with the story, there's a lot of opportunity for him to sit there and say, I have a solution. Ta-da. Now, whether or not it works, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But I think there's ways to do it. Um, but I think that ultimately, <laughs> I kind of like this, you know, let's, let's Dallas it. It was all, a, it was all a dream. Well, so here's <laughs> the thing about the timeless child. Ultimately it changes nothing. I mean, it's, it's a, and, that, and that's, again, that's a, that's a, that's a Chibnall issue, yeah. right? It's introduced this thing, but don't pay off on it. And that becomes... You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna shake up the status quo like that, right? Go big, do it. But it's 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 a big idea that doesn't pay off. So anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, the master's evil. Um, but the cool part is, and something that I actually quite enjoyed, uh, is bringing back Ace and Tegan. Yes. I really liked this. I thought it was very well done with bringing them both back. Uh, Janet Fielding, that bitterness mm -hmm. <laughs> that that character is feeling, I think, was perfect. Um, there's an interesting. It gives us the opportunity to have Peter Davidson and Sylvester McCoy revisit their roles and mm -hmm. have moments with these characters. And an interesting, fun bit. Um, there's a reference to a falling out between the ace and the seventh doctor mm -hmm. that we never saw on screen. But in the expanded media, there's like four different ways that happened. Yeah. It could be, I mean, they're, and they contradict each other, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, so the, I thought you can, you can pick and choose whatever you mean, but that's actually an interesting kind of connection Mm -hmm. to the expanded media to, yeah. that I wasn't expecting to get. Now, when you're saying expanded media, are you talking strictly big finish or the books? I'm talking I'm talking both. Okay. All right. Right, so the the there's actually uh Sophie Eldred uh wrote a Doctor Who novel. Mm -hmm. Um and which I have listened to the audiobook which she narrates. I quite enjoyed it. Um it's not great, but it's solid. Um and it contradicts that book. Okay. Not hugely, but enough that you'd sit there and go, I'm having trouble squaring these. Yeah. But when you go back to uh, the Virgin line, especially the Virgin line, um, there was a bunch of, there were like three or four different times over the space of like a dozen books where Ace and the Doctor were at, you know, almost on the opposite side. Um, so I think, it, I think it's a nice little touch of, something that was originally um uh i think some of it actually came out of plans for the next season mm -hmm. um but anyway um yeah, and, and, and it was a virgin right. it was a virgin book. book and there was a bbc book i think that referenced <laughs> it as well um but anyway i, I thought and, that was a nice touch yeah and because... death angels yes the jacket was there as well we'll get to that in a oh minute. yeah Oh yeah, and and yeah. then they even look at it. The reference is like, "Oh, how very '80s." And she's like, "Thanks." Yeah. <laughs> Do you carry that bat with you all the time? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I was like, 
very nice. It was very nice. Well, was, and while we're fun. on, that is the actual jacket. Uh, right. That is uh, 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 Sylvie Aldred when they were first talking to her about coming back to play Ace. Uh, they had uh, a discussion, and she she mentioned, just out of the blue, she's like, well, what about the jacket? And she had kept it. This mm-hmm. is this is the actual jacket that she wore during her and run with... great Mer- shape. And she, she took can, very yeah. good care of that jacket. And they were like, oh, can we use it? And we'll, we'll use it as a model to make a new one. And she's like... Why? I'll just wear this one. I mean, it was like, what do you? No, right. It's, it's right here. I mean, we'll do it. So yes, that is the actual jacket from her run with Sylvester McCoy. She kept all these years. It's it's. Well, and I think they did. What was nice here is that they actually gave the two of them enough to do on screen mm-hmm. that they aren't glorified cameos. Yeah. They're actually, plot points. And I think that what what so Chibnall took a lot of flack early on. Um, for basically essentially writing unit out. Um, that was happening in his first season. Um, here he's brought ba- a unit back and brings back Kate Stewart and gives her something to do as well. So I think that the having the uh, basically, you know, she gets she gets the um, the base under siege storyline, which uh, was uh, it's got okay. it's, it's got problems. <laughs> oh, sure. Of course there's problems. Although I think that um, the sequences with the Cybermen taking over the building, mm-hmm. I think were shot very well and are some of the more effective. And this is the lone Cyberman storyline that I mentioned. Yeah. We see that character who's been brought back, hand waved, brought back. I cloned him. Okay. Eh, all right. Um, I happen to like that character because he's he's not a complete Cyberman. And so you get that body horror aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they play into that. I thought that sequence was very effective. And of course the fact that in the background, you get to hear people screaming for huge chunks at, of these scenes. At the same time though, cause Kate's got the whole building under lockdown and Tegan is on her way to the basement to hit the self-destruct to destroy the whole thing. Right. So Kate says, okay, I'm going to buy some time. I'm going to negotiate. I'll offer myself up. If you let everybody else go and mm-hmm. Cybermen say, okay, yeah, that's fine. We'll take that deal. Now, between that and taking Kate down to wherever it is they're doing the stuff, we do not see at all anybody getting let go. So oh, by, the time, by he- the time they destroy the building... And Kate and Tegan are the only ones that get out. I mean, Kate's negotiated well, for the safety of all of these people, and then she kills them. Well, essentially, except that the Cyberman. There's a line in there where he basically, he, in so not so many words, he basically says, "I'm breaking the deal." I know, but at but I'm talking about the 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 story logic oh, sure. as well, as it yeah, plays no, I mean, out. Is, I'm like, there there's a piece missing. Oh yeah, again, yeah. I mean, there's, there's. This is, this is an overstuffed episode. It now is. it's an hour and a half, so there's a lot of room to overstuff, and they overstuff. Yeah. <laughs> that said, you do get. Um, well, you also get a certain amount of hand waving because uh, Tegan, Tegan falls, and <laughs> and if she catches her, yeah. 
the scene you get is her running into the room, shaking her hands. Uh-huh. The implication being that she caught, caught herself. herself. Yeah. Folks, that's <laughs> not how gravity and muscles work. But, okay, fine, whatever. Now, I do have a note. Uh, I, I do have a note, because I actually took notes. I do have a thing here, going back to the St. Petersburg thing. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a this is a quibble. This is a small, tiny, minute, minute thing. Sure. Why don't the Russians sound like Russians? And because nowhere, a... nowhere in here does anybody have any. Uh, they're not even attempting to do a Chekhov Russian accent. Doctor Who has a long history of doing that. I know, but at the same, wouldn't time, it be like, nice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, here's the thing: is that. British actors are also often very well trained in doing accents. Right. So they pro- so probably the entire cast could have done this, but that, they didn't. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking. Um, so we get this. We get the whole thing where the Cybermen are stopped. Yeah. Um, and the Doctor is, well, no, the Cybermen are in the stopped in the building. The Master is essentially tricked back into coming uh well okay so we got this whole thing going on here um where we haven't even talked about um yaz um who's been you know she's dealing with the fact that she just watched the doctor essentially die the master is taken over she's in a position where he's gonna kill her if she doesn't play along but she also now a couple of things about yaz that if you if you're not watching the show then you don't know First of all, Yaz is a cop. And, um, and and let me interject here, because when they captured the, the master and took him onto the, the TARDIS, mm-hmm. and they got the close-up of Yaz with the gun on uh, on the master, she's a cop. Her trigger discipline is atrocious. Well, like, yeah, probably. I welcome, mean, she's got her television. finger. Yeah, but in this day and age, that, that gets pointed out so much. Oh, sure. No question. And I'm looking at like, uh, no, wait a minute. She's supposed to be a cop. She's supposed to be trained on how to do this. Her finger should not be on the trigger. Um, yeah, no question. Um, but anyway, she has worked out a bit of a plan. Now, we also have Vinder, who's from the Flux storyline. Now, Vinder, is, Vinder exists in this because, A, he was a popular character from the Flux storyline. Okay. People seem to like him. And, B... You need to have somebody who Yaz can use to get the drop on the master. So he's, that's the only reason he's, a he's there. Device. He's a plot device. But that's okay. I I enjoyed him in the in Flux too. It's nice to see him. He gets to do his thing and get the drop on the master. It's a nice little bit. But so Yaz comes up with a plan, or at least a little bit of a plan, because mm-hmm. we get a return of the emergency hologram, which we have seen before right. uh chris eccleson uh we saw it there uh in the in the new series as well um so this is the in the event of my death i have i have you know here i am um which leans to some fun little moments and the doctor planning which is how you get this interaction between tegan and and the fifth doctor mm-hmm. and you get this interaction between um um ace and the seventh doctor because they're interacting with this hologram because the doctor basically injected them with a subcutaneous receiver right um which means you get these nice little interactions uh 
And also you get the appearance of Joe Martin as the fugitive doctor because they've gotten back to St. Petersburg, Petersburg and um, he's, he's like, if you're so clever, why didn't you plan for her? And the master's like, huh? And then Joe Martin walks in and he's like, who the hell are you? And she's like, I'm the doctor, mate. Who are you? <laughs> and I was like, nice. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the thing is, is that Joe Martin's doctor was a little more acid tongued. Yeah. Um, it, not quite as sharp as Capaldi could be, but certainly uh, uh, much darker um, than uh, um, than Jody's doctor. Yeah. And so that whole sequence where it's like, schoolboy mistake, should have checked for a hologram, but you always were a crap schoolboy too. <laughs> it was just like, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> stab and twist. I, I liked that whole sequence. Yeah. That was I enjoyed that. It kind of it kind of made me made me think about uh the the relationship that the third doctor had with the master for some reason. Mm. And I don't know why, but it was one of those I could see well, I could see uh, uh, Pertwee's doctor getting getting a dig in like that a little bit. So yeah, there was a lot. There's this is this is something that we saw more in Capaldi's run yeah. than previously, where you had this sort of back and forth stabby banter, um, and that's very been that's that's been uh, a hallmark of Sasha Dewan's master. But Jodie Whittaker's doctor does not bite back that way. Right. Joe Martin's doctor does. So I, I, I enjoyed that. But that's when Vinder shows up. And it's like, it's like, oh, you're one of the doctor's friends. You wouldn't shoot me. Vinder's like, yeah, I would. <laughs> it's like, you know, fair enough. Um, and through the, through the magic of technology and hand wavium, the doctor is restored. Now we haven't even we haven't even gotten into the wasteland part of this on how this is possible, because with a force re regeneration, it is now explained. She's sort of in limbo until she, unless and until she decides that she's going to cross over and we're gonna we're gonna make this regeneration permanent. So she's standing there in the middle of nowhere, and. Here's David Bradley as the first doctor sitting there. And she's like, wait a minute, who are you? Hold on. Where am I? What is this? And she interacts with manifestations of previous incarnations. And this is all in her head. But it gives us the first doctor, uh, the fifth doctor, the sixth doctor, the seventh doctor, and the eighth doctor. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand... This is really cool. And I've seen, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a couple of other reviews talking about how this episode, and I guess Chibnall's run, you have moments, not stories. You have moments that are, that are, that really work. But the yeah. overall, the overall plot is a mess. And this one's kind of that way. But you're sitting there going, Oh, this is really cool because she's interacting with previous incarnations and whether it's her imagination or their holograms or whatever. And we got the holograms out in the real world. Well, you know, she's talking to herself. She's talking to herself. But in this day and age, with the technology that's available, mm 
and and maybe they didn't have the budget for it. I I don't know, but all of these incarnations should have looked like they did before they regenerate. Okay, so while I would agree with you on one level, we've and that's seen not enough hard de-aging to do. technology that doesn't look right. Yeah, but they're holograms. It's bzz, 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 bzz. you can cover. Well, and they, you can cover they even that. reference that in in uh, uh, in a couple of the interactions with with but, Ace but and Tigger. Like, but you don't nothing... look you don't look the, the way you used to. Yeah, but they it, don't they don't have any any explanation as to why these doctors look older because they shouldn't have aged because they didn't go that far. And, well, and, yes, and, and I know, agree. But what put they're the, put the dots doing on the face and is trying to bring that. back as many living. Yeah, trying to bring the living doctors and give us a nice little bit of fan service there. I get that. Now, but Tom make Baker them look like they did was, before. Well, that's just me. Tom Baker. Yeah, but they're not going to spend. The, yeah, they probably didn't have the money to do the de aging technology right. Yeah. Um, but Tom Baker apparently was. They were attempting to get him back, but schedules didn't work. Yeah, he was invited. Uh, so um, and of course. Um, Peter Capaldi has recently said that he's unlikely to return right. to the role um, because A, he feels like multi-doctor episodes, you don't get enough to do um, and B, as much as he loved playing the doctor he feels like he's done his time and he's got other things to do and so, it's interesting that in that interview when he said that when he's basically saying you'd be fighting with yourself and you'd be fighting with 13 others the implication there was at some point there is a story out there with all of them. Now, that may not be the case. It could just very well be that he's just saying, you know, well, there's 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 13 other people playing this part. But wouldn't that be something? Right. A 13 Doctor special, a 14 Doctor special, a 15 Doctor special, however many times. And I tell you, crowded. this is another missed opportunity to get Sean Pertwee and sit him down and put a gun to his head and say, you're going to play your dad. <coughs> but at the same time, in fairness, he's, his reasons for not wanting to do it. I, I know, can't. I know, but still. I, I know I want it to, but still. Anyway. One of these days, maybe they'll convince him. Here, here is a lot of money. Here are all of these letters and emails from fans who want to see you do this, Sean. Mm -hmm. Play the part. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one who can. Well, yeah, I would agree. I mean, really, I would... the, the way you do that is just say, Sean, you want to protect your father's legacy. We get that. What better way to do that than to play the character yourself instead of letting somebody else do it? And yes, Death Angels, he looks so exactly he does... like his dad. Okay, well, he's got a rounder face than his dad, but... As he it's... gets older... It's close, and and he and he could he could the the voices are very similar, and he could certainly do his dad. Um, yeah, so it would be nice to see. Now Graham also comes back, and gross Graham was one of the first companions. He basically gets to team up with Ace and have some banter with her. Um, but he's again just showing up to to you know bring things full circle for for Jody's doctor. Um, they they save everything. There's a lot of hand waving him. Um, and they released the creature. Now, this is the creature was the, the girl that we saw. She's the power source for part of the power source for um, the cyber planet because part of the power source is also the master's TARDIS. Yeah. Um, but the doctor frees the alien creature. 
um, who appears as a child as a defense mechanism. It's a psych. It's a psychic uh, uh, illusion. You, you know, if you if you if defending children is something that you do, then you see a child. Yeah. Um, so Doctor Freeze that freeze the alien, but the master still has enough control of whatever was chaining the alien to because the master the master struggles and and makes its makes his way back to his tardis through a teleportation thing yeah gets basically gets jody's doctor caught in the blast of this alien creature as it's destroying the cyber planet right now this means that you know doctor's injured here's our here's our triggering event to cause a regeneration we also got a whole bunch of people inside the TARDIS doing the whole companions around the TARDIS thing, um, which is always fun to see. It's not sure. particularly original. We've seen it before, uh, but it's fun to see. And the doctor is unconscious. The doctor wakes up and finds that regeneration is going to happen. And a nice little, yeah, there's a nice little kind of emotional exchange between Yaz and the doctor which a lot of people are upset. A lot of people are upset because they did. So companions falling in love with the doctor is something that's been going on for far too long. Yes. I am not a fan of companions falling in love with the doctor. Agreed. That said, when it happens again, if you're going to do it, commit to it because then you get things like, for however I feel about Rose, the a lot of people really love that relationship. The fact that Martha walked away from the doctor because of how she felt, I really liked. Yeah. There's ways to do this, right? And and Yaz falling in love with the doctor, I'm perfectly fine with that. But pay off at the end. And they don't. It's disappointing. Now, the closest we get to that payoff is Yaz saying, let's not say goodbye. Right. Again, to me, it's, you should have gone further with it. But okay, fine. You get this nice scene where they're eating ice cream on top of the TARDIS. It's very nice. She drops Yaz off, and Yaz finds herself in the Doctor Who Companions Anonymous group, <laughs> which, which I've got honestly, to say, that's a it, it's I a neat idea. It. Yeah, I liked it too, and I and the fact that it's it. Graham's idea, and the the rationale behind it. I mean, you could you could have had this. I'm I'm surprised nobody's ever thought of it before, and maybe they have and just decided not to do it. It it occurs it occurs in a couple of different places in the spinoff fiction. Okay, where that sort of thing has happened. Yeah, but to see some of the some of the previous companions here, Mel, Joe, Ian, Ian, and like this is so cool. And again, it's fan service. It's 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 absolutely one hundred percent fan service. It makes sense. It's, it's a so nice, nice. It's a nice piece. It's a nice plot point. And again, moments. Moments mm -hmm. work. Yeah. The overall story does not. 
and right. uh, and 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 yes, Death Angels. They call it shipping when fans are really, really, really invested in a relationship, whether it's actually there or not. But well, but the thing is, is that there were hints and teases is, of it, and in the case of of Gaz falling in love with the Doctor, <coughs> yeah. that's not subtext. That was text. Except it didn't get it didn't get any kind of a payoff. So now everybody's accusing Chibnall of queer baiting and. How dare you? Well, I think I, I haven't seen as much of that as just you're not on Twitter. You, could, you, you couldn't have you couldn't have just done what yeah. you set up here. But that again, that's a Chibnall problem. Is that he sets up this stuff, and there's there again, the man clearly loves Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor <But> Cougar. <laughs> you gotta. You gotta. <clears throat> You know, if you're going to set this stuff up, take yeah. it all the way. Commit to the bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that that's just there's there's moments here. And again, I think that I, I overall enjoyed this episode because there's enough there that I that the positives outweigh the negatives. Yeah. That doesn't get rid of the negatives. Right. Right. Um, and and interestingly enough, instead, a lot of Doctor Who regenerations involve the doctor giving a speech. In the modern era. Yes. You go back to the original series, there are no big speeches. No, not so much. Well, there's a few. Um, the first Doctor had one. But, I mean, you look at the fourth Doctor, the moment has been prepared for. Eh. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, th again, we come back to Chibnall's love for the original series, really showing through here. No big speech, just a very quiet kind of, you know, facing the sunrise and a lot of people have said that her tag you're it mm -hmm. kind of fits with her character. She's the, she's an optimistic doctor. She's okay. Right. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. And just, just to so, circle but, back here real quick. This is, this is Sean Pertwee in a Halloween costume dresses the third doctor. And this, this is the photograph among other things. This is what people are looking at saying, see, see, he could do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say that that while Jody is her doctor was very optimistic and very forward looking, where Chibnall let her down is that he also gave this is a doctor who is very, very bad at saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. And again, not pushed far enough. Um, this this contrast between someone who appears to be very very positive and upbeat, yeah, and yet you know again under under a different writer. And I think that uh, as someone who who has zero problems with Jodie Whittaker playing the Doctor, um. I have enjoyed the characters. I like Yaz. I like mm -hmm. uh, Graham. I like Jody's doctor. I, I like these characters. Uh, Dan as well. Um, but I feel like they, you, you can see these moments. And again, coming back to moments there or this episode or that episode where they're given a chance to really show what these characters can be. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that 
Chibnall does it better here than he does in some other places. Um, but if you look at something like um, Flux, um, there's a whole lot of stuff set up in that series that does not pay off. Do you Chibnall's think, got a great okay. idea. Well, he that's... comes up with these interesting ideas, whether you like them or not. They're interesting and they so, push boundaries, but he doesn't know how to end the story. Well, let me ask you this. Is it possible? <clears throat> is it possible <clears throat> that stuff set up in flux? Possibly there was a plan to come back to it and then Chibnall's now out and Jody's out because reasons, whatever it is, whether it's their decision to leave or the BBC said, we're putting the kibosh on this, we're going back to the old the old formula. Or, no, or Flux, the just... Flux, Flux's, Flux's issue was they were shooting it during the pandemic, so there were, there were, there were financial restrictions and shooting restrictions. Yeah. That meant they actually ended up cutting short the story um, which means they tried to condense certain things and literally story elements that were set up just were dropped. Yeah. Um, the whole sequence of events, can we come back to linear time? There, they were talking three years, mm -hmm. which, which in Doctor Who world means three years or four years, um, <laughs> three years, three seasons, uh, long before any of you know right. any of the news came out. This is a case. This is a case where, to be perfectly honest, if I had the opportunity to see Davies uh, write Jody's Doctor, I'd love to see it. I think that I think that it would be fantastic. Um, and so, and same thing with you know, I get I get it. He like I said, there's no question in my mind that Chris Chibnall loves Doctor Who. But but. And, and you know what? Here's the here's the other thing. Three years, three or four years, out of the entire run of the show, three or four years in the original series, there's plenty of three or four years of seasons that were not great. Right. Again, the beautiful thing about Doctor Who is every few years there's a new Doctor, and some for some fans, that's they fall in love with every Doctor. Some fans, they have their favorites. Obviously, to the excitement of Tennant coming back. However, Tennant is coming back. Now, there, yeah, the, let's let's get to that because in the regeneration, he now we've got David Tennant. The costume changes, so he's not wearing Jody because that's that's been a thing in the in the revival. Now, in the past, right, there have been a couple of regenerations where the outfit has changed as well. Early on, in the first first to the second. All that. <clears throat> now, this one has a complete change of everything, and mm -hmm. you get the teeth comment. I I know these teeth, and he's like, "What? What? What? What?" <clears throat> Davies has confirmed through the things that he said. Tenet is the fourteenth Doctor, right? And Chudi Gatwa is the fifteenth Doctor. That's what he said. Now, a couple of things. A lot of people are sitting there going, "How is this possible? What is going on?" And you have the you have the small thirty second little tease that gives us a glimpse at Neil Patrick Harris playing the toy the the the, the toy master toy maker the celestial, celestial toy, toy maker. maker in theory in theory 
you have Donna Noble coming back. You have ten, you have the Fourteenth Doctor is now you know David Tennant is playing the Fourteenth Doctor. Now you talk about linear time. You talk about effects of of production. You know in the real world stuff. I saw a video uh, yesterday. I was doing doing my homework here. Uh, somebody had reported that one of the the complicating factors in everything that was going on was the fact that Chudi Gatwa is shooting Barbie with Margot Robbie at, the, at this point, or was, mm-hmm. and the choice was do something with another doctor in the interim or not do anything at all for the 60th. And that's not an option. you got to do something for the 60th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So this idea of Tenet coming back apparently is he's, he's kind of a, a stopgap to get to the 15th Doctor. Okay, fine. If that's how you want to do it, you've got to do it that way. Okay. But the other, the other part of that is I, I'm fully convinced just looking at the audience numbers more than anything else I'm fully convinced that the BBC brought Davies back to save the show. Oh, and I think there's no question. Tenant is back as part of that. We've got to save the show because he was the most popular doctor out of the revival. Mm-hmm. And the, the Dr. Donna thing. I mean, Donna Noble is one of the more popular companions. And you know, quite frankly, her exit was an example of doing the character wrong. Yeah. So you got a chance to 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 fix that. You're going to get Wilf. You know, you're you're gonna get Bernard Crevin's last performance. Yeah, and and sixtieth anniversary. So I fully expect other doctors to show up somehow. Oh, I'm I'm very I'm very got curious to, to see what they do with it. I yeah. no, I think there's no question. I think that look, um again. Chris Chibnall loves the show. He, mm. on, I mean, it's it's so clear that he loves the show. But he was not the best of all possible showrunners. And you know, this is how this is Doctor Who is hardly the first show where there has been a correction made or things change from whatever direction. And the fact is. Considering how long the show has been running, even accounting for the gap, yeah, um, the fact that we haven't had more fairly sizable course corrections. Um, remember, of course, that the fact that there even is a second, third, or fourth Doctor, <laughs> let alone the new series, is the fact that they took a big gamble. Yeah, on you know. Changing the changing the lead character completely, um, and yeah, calling them the same thing. You know, so I mean, it's look. I'm I, like I said, there are parts of Chibnall's run that I quite enjoyed. There's individual episodes. I think sometimes he wasn't always the writer on those episodes. That's true, and he was not always the director on those episodes. And I think that he he had a lot. I mean, every, every showrunner puts their stamp on the show with the things that they love about stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the again for good and for ill, and um, and another thing that has me convinced that this is we've got to save the show, is the new show logo. 
Which okay, so here's the thing about is that. The old um, show logo. This is this is less to me a got the shave to sh- save the show because the significant chunk of the younger fan base does not recognize that. I know, which has me convinced that this is we've got to bring the we've got to bring the classic audience back. Oh, uh, but the thing is, again, I think that mm, I don't I don't think. And it's... you know how many people have looked at this and says, "Why does it look like the Paw Patrol logo?" I was like, no. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. No, um, the Paw Patrol is, logo looks like different. this. It is one of my favorite Doctor Who logos. It's, and it was the logo Baker's, for the show. It's Tom for the Baker's long, logo. It is the longest. It is a version of the longest running logo for the show. Yeah. Now, uh, quite frankly, I've always had a fondness for it. Everybody's but, like, diamond logo for the diamond anniversary, because this is the 60th, sure. and that makes sense. But this, A little bit of regeneration glow upon it. This is the logo for the show, for the classic Who, during the most popular run. This is Tom Baker's logo-ish. And yet, interestingly enough, again, like I said, Chibnall clearly (coughs) loves the classic era. And so many of the cues, and I think the things that didn't work for him, were trying to build off classic era stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's a double-edged sword. You have to be careful. It might work. It might not. Remember that one of the things that Davies brought back to the show was no continuity or almost no continuity for that first season. Blank slate and and added things in gradually. And I think that what what one of the mistakes, the writing mistakes Chibnall made in the broad scope of things was saying these are the things that I loved in the original series. Let's bring so many of them back. Just ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And again, just like this episode, interesting ideas, too many stuff together. Yeah. And um, I, 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 am, I am always an optimist with Doctor Who. Okay. There are episodes I don't like. There are storylines I don't like. There are doctors I like better than others. A few uh, a, a series that isn't my favorite, not the first time. Yeah. Um, quite frankly, Col- Colin Baker's Doctor ticked me off when I first watched those episodes because he was so different. Right? They took a chance. Yeah. Right. Um, and the thing is, the thing is that he didn't destroy the canon. Okay. The thing is, is that Doctor Who canon is a lot more messy than people want to ascribe it to. I own, I own a a number of books that try and reconcile canon. It doesn't work. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but the thing is, is that Dr. Who's canon has always been fluid. He took a chance. He tried something new. It didn't work. Didn't work. And it'll be ignored like so many other things in the last 60 years of the show. Oh, sure. Um, he, he is not going to be the last showrunner to try something big. For all we know, Davies, well, no, I know Davies has got big plans. That's how he thinks. Yeah. And and to some degree, see, I think the other thing is, Davies, I think, is better, and some of this may just be logistics in life. Who knows? Davies, I think, is better at bringing in other writers. I think Chibnall, Chibnall to some degree, had too much of his hand on the till. Right. And I think he, if he might have benefited from step, stepping back. But 
it is what it is. Like I said, I'm I liked Jody's doctor. I look forward to seeing her come back as the doctor under yeah, don't even yeah. don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> don't even try. Highlander. Um uh, hi Matuine. I see you there in the chat. I, like I said, I, I really want Davies to write Jody's doctor. Now the funny thing is one when I was putting this together, because we 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 those of you who watched the beginning of this, you saw us have a different opening title sequence. This is the old this is our TARDIS sauce title sequence. And I was tempted, I actually put it together, I was tempted to use this as our logo. <laughs> and I thought, no, that's just a step too far. But I did build it yeah, and that, that's fun. you might you might see something later who knows but you know it you know it, we're noodling with some ideas here but but it's you know the feeling that maybe not necessarily classic who is back you know that that kind of thing but there is a sense just from seeing uh, conversations and comments and threads all over the internet right now and I think Davies is very smart in having Shudi Gatwa out doing interviews about being the next doctor. They're not focused on Tenet. You know, Tenet did an interview right. with the BBC and he says Shudi Gatwa is going to be a great doctor after after you deal with me for a little bit and and but he's going to be, you know, they're all everything is pushing toward Shudi Gatwa is the next doctor. And they're also not I I think I've seen one one thing from him with regard to the whole you know, representation type of, of garbage. There is nothing in anything that anybody is saying that's calling attention to the fact that he's black. Who cares? And nobody's call, nobody is focused on this, which is smart because one of the one of the complaints that I had when Jody was first cast, and this goes back to Captain Marvel and Ghostbusters 2016, you make it all about the fact that she's a woman and not anything story-wise. And you don't sit there and go, oh, we're going to have so many new stories and we're just going to have all this exciting opportunity to tell all these kind of stories and everything. But it, was not, but it wasn't anything like that. All of the marketing was, well, it's about time. She's a woman now. It's going to be great because she's a woman. He's like, no, don't, don't do it that way. And they've learned. They're not doing it that way. They're not sitting there saying... Look, he's black, which is good. It's smart. He's saying all of the right things. This is an opportunity. There's a lot of history here. This is a great character. There's so many possibilities. I mean, he's talking about story potential and stuff with the character. And that's very smart, I think, because it sits there and says, okay, we got our priorities right. We're going to try to tell good stories that entertain because this is the doctor. Well, so, in we'll fairness see. to everybody involved, <clears throat> Chris Chibnall tried to do the same thing. That was his plan as well. My concern here's my only concern. Here I'm I'm looking forward to this new era of who. I'm glad to see David Tennant back. I'm looking forward to seeing where the show goes. I'm cautious. Here's my only concern. Yeah. Is that as much as Davies can be a fantastic showrunner, there were times in his Doctor Who run, where it was a lot more flash than it was substance. Yeah, and for but you get that with with some some episodes from all, everybody. 
no question. No question. Um, you know, I mean, Mrs. Not, Boss not... made a reference to one of my, you know, all-time favorite Doctor <laughs> Who episodes earlier in the thread. But that was early on. No, so in fairness, you know, and again, Davies has continued, you know, he didn't just stop when he left Doctor Who. He's gone on to do several other shows since. A lot of he's he's still writing, he's still producing, he's still directing. He has not slowed down. He's been winning awards as he goes along. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does next. I'm excited to see where the show goes next. I'd like Chris Chibnall to go back to doing mysteries. The Broadchurch, if you've not seen Broadchurch, where you got David Tennant, where you got Jodie Whittaker, Mm -hmm. um, the first season of Broadchurch with the two of them is very good. And that's a Chris Chibnall show. And you you could see why people would sit there and say, Look at Broadchurch. He's a huge Doctor Who fan. This will be great. Yeah. So let him go back to doing mysteries. He's got strengths for it. And, and, you know, again, I appreciate the love he's got for the show. I'm looking forward to see where the future goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I'm intrigued by the potential story that's going to get told here with Tennant's 14th Doctor. Neil Patrick Harris as if, if it is in fact the celestial toy maker i think it's inspired casting mm. because he's got that level of michael was it michael go go michael Guff. Guff was the original celestial toy maker um he was um very very charming and creepy mm-hmm. and neil patrick can do both charming and creepy i'm if that's the guy I, I'm looking forward to seeing him as the bad guy. See, I'm 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 looking at the I'm looking at the photos. And I'm looking at all of the stuff coming out of you know the production of you know behind the scenes and whatnot, and I can't help go back to Neil Patrick Harris and his turn as the music meister in Batman: The Brave and the Bold. I don't know why <laughs> I keep thinking about that, and I'm thinking, hold on, that's not. I mean. No, that's not the character that he's that he's playing here, but I get that. I don't know why I get that vibe. Well, there's there's a very theatrical that that they got that one image of him where he's got the cane and the hat, and it's all very, you know, yeah. it's very theatrical. And of course, he's he's an incredible stage actor. So they're they're it looks like they're very much leaning into his skill set. I got to it. Be the bad guy. I got it. We're finally going to get the musical episode. I absolutely, you know what? I, I am, <laughs> it would not remotely surprise me <laughs> if there was not a musical number. Yeah. And, and yes, because yes a, Doogie Hauser is the villain in this, in this, in this arc. Oh, he was, he was absolutely, yeah, he's, he's very, he's very, uh, uh, I'm very excited about seeing what they do here. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, and I'm looking forward to, you know, where, like I said, where the show goes next. I'm, I, again, am tend to be pretty obvious, uh, pretty obviously an optimist about, about Doctor Who. I love so many different aspects. I read the comics. I read the novels. i Back in the wilderness years, I was one of those people who was like, "Oh, I got I get my hand on a virgin no- a virgin novel. 
great because they were not easy to get your hands on in, in those days. There were not there were only a few places in the country that actually carried them. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to see where the show goes next. And and Mantoine, that's not a that's not a stupid question. Um, where to watch the latest Doctor Who episode? I I caught it on BBC America. Um. Doctor Who is on HBO Max at this point, and there's a there's a delay because when I went to go uh, look at this, because we watched it yesterday, uh, so it was a week out, and it still was not available on HBO Max. It was on it was on BBC America, but not on HBO Max. So at some point it'll be on HBO Max. You can watch it there, and then when 2023 rolls around. It'll be on on Disney Plus now. The HBO Max deal, they don't have Classic Who. Um, they don't right. have uh, they don't have the Classic Who that I can find. You know, BBC America might have Classic Who buried somewhere. It took me forever to find find the episode at all. Uh, but yeah, BBC America well, got it right one now. One of the reasons that we're getting the Disney deal. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Um, let me let me look here. There there is something. That I think would be an interesting wink and a nod. I don't think we're going to get it, of course. But if you if you have Neil Patrick Harris as your villain, then I I could see doing a a wink, maybe to uh to his uh his villain <clears throat> Dr. Horrible because why not why not just throw a little a little a little wink and a nod to Dr. Horrible in that we'll see i mean like i said i think it's i think it's got so much you just never know. It's got yeah. so much potential in, in a positive way, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, uh, Mantuine says uh, Pluto TV has Classic Who. We we need mm-hmm. to get on. We need to get on Pluto TV. We need to, to build a, a sci-fi for me channel on Pluto TV. I, I I'm I'm having some conversations with some people about some different ideas. So we'll see. In the meantime, okay. So we've got a clean slate. All the doctors, you know, the doctor's gone. The master's gone. The companions are gone. We're starting all over again from square one next November. We'll see. So we'll see what happens. Kind of. I think what what I think we're going to get our we'll probably get our we'll we'll have to see how they do it. I think that there's going to be some things clearly because there's a reason we're getting David Tennant's doctor in in story wise. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we've got quite a clean slate yet, but I think that we're definitely um, it's it's the etch 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 a sketch. <laughs> and we've done that. We've done this. You can still kind of see the image there, so we got to start moving the knobs and, and creating something new. So right. uh, we'll have to see. We'll I mean, I'm like see. I said, I'm I'm excited to see where things go. And you know, if for all of my issues, and we've talked about this at various points, and with my issues with some of Davy's writing, um, like I said, he's He's continued on like I said, winning all kinds of awards in yeah. the last several years. Um, I'm fingers crossed. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see. We'll have to we'll have to discuss it further, of course, once we get closer to that. In the meantime, you can find us on various different social media channels. Connect with us over there because we can continue the conversation in various places. And I do want to encourage you to connect with us on Odyssey and Rumble. We are trying to get our Rumble numbers up to we got to have at least a hundred so we can start streaming over to Rumble. Uh, so uh, connect with us over there. Uh, we're not doing anything really with our Twitch channel at the moment, but we do have some plans. We'll get into that here later on in the year. We'll we'll tell you about that. Sign up for our newsletter, and of course, if you if you if you want to give us money, you can give us money. You don't have to give us money, but you know you can if you want. The biggest thing that you can do to help us is share the links to our shows, share the links to our channels. And hashtag Sci-Fi for Me TV, uh, and and let other people know that we're out here and we're doing what we do, and you like what we do, and other people should see what we do. So that would be the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that you can do for us. So, all right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for being here, folks. And uh, tomorrow was tomorrow's Tuesday, uh, which means we got a new ranker pit discussing the latest episode of Andor, <clears throat> 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. And then uh, live from the bunker on, on Wednesday, I'm going to have uh, Harry Glorickian, who has written a book called The Future You, talking about how AI can help make you healthier. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. That's that's Wednesday. So uh, join us for that. It is a busy broadcast week. I think we've got guests on, on Bunker all week. And then, of course, Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday. So stick around. Make sure you're connected with us on socials so you know when we post new things and links and whatnot. And we'll be back to do this all again next week. <sighs> Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2022, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 